What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to season three of Gosim for the podcast. We're kicking off episode two with another super cool dude. Um, I know you're all locked down in your houses, so why not listen to a fun podcast talking about Jewish music and kicking it old school? Um, I'm Zisha Littman. I'm the host of this wonderful show. We've been doing this now for three seasons. We're up to episode two, and we have Kanainahara, well over 60,000 listeners on a regular basis. And it's really awesome. I'm happy that we finally decided to get this thing going up again. Um, we did take a little bit of a hiatus, um, and now it's perfect that we're doing this again, especially when people are sitting around with not much to do. So you might as well listen to a podcast and watch a cool video. So I'd love to welcome to my show this week for episode two, um, a guy who I used to listen to his music back in the day. Um, and it, it turns out one of my closest friends is a very close friend of his. So I'd love to welcome Gitz Jordan to the show, also known as Why Love, for those who remember. Hey, what's going on? Why Love in the building. What's up, dude? Baruch Hashem. Welcome to the show, bro. How are you? Hashem can't complain. Keeping it real over here in Brooklyn. You know, just staying locked down in quarantine. That's what's up. That's what's up. Brooklyn's crazy, though, man. Brooklyn's, like, absolutely nuts. People are, like just all out don't seem to care what's going on and in some regards and it's just like business as usual no it's too many people not caring um i actually just did a facebook story about it today um the mayor just called out from people just called out the whole jewish community basically uh on twitter saying that the time for warnings is over and uh talking about all the gatherings that you know that uh the weddings and funerals and stuff like that that have been going on in the orthodox community but they, they just had to break up a barbershop party in canarsie like um and of course this was uh people of color so they don't get the same treatment as uh Hasidic people do all the time so everybody's dragged out onto the sidewalk in zip ties and all of that um but you see hipsters bougie hipsters all through williamsburg walking up and down the water like it's nothing um you see bougie people walking through greenpoint mccarran park oh like it's a non-issue and that's got us that that's what that's what drives me crazy it's like what just because you spent 250 dollars on your beard that means that you don't have to socially distance come on that's crazy that's absolutely crazy. It's funny the way you just, the, the the way you just brought that out. Um, you know, when I used to listen to your music, your lyrics were also very passionate, very like very deep, like that. So my question is, we're talking about music, we're talking about your life. What's your story? What's your deal, dude? Like, what's your what's your deal? Um, no, so no, I um I converted in two thousand. I started rhyming in yeshiva in Osameach um in two thousand. And started uh, performing professionally in 2001 uh, at this uh, club called the Orange Bear. Um, this was the most trashy preachers type of club in the world. Just I can't even name their house drinks for your listeners. Um, wow. Like to give you an idea, um, they had like uh, adult cartoons on the walls. Let's put it that way, and. Um, here we are, a group of guys from Yeshiva who are, just, who are rhyming what they just learned in Gemara Shia. Um, and we turned the place out. Um, they gave us, it was an open mic. We had 15 minutes. We turned the place out for two hours. Um, ended up being resident at that club. Um, and that was in 2001. And then got signed to uh, Shem Speed Records with uh, Erez Diwan in 2005. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, the rest is kind of history after that. Um was making albums up until, what, 2013? 20, yeah, around 2013. 
That's pretty dope. It's funny because like people associate Jewish rap, people associate Jews and Jews and rap with with Nisim, but it seems like you've been doing you've been doing the rap game longer before he he came on the scene. Like oh, at least way the Jewish before. World. Yeah, way before. Um, but you know what? If there wouldn't have been people like me, Kosher Dills, um, Kosher. Uh, Nelson Zand, um, other people like that doing it way back in the day, there wouldn't be the Jewish hip hop market that, that there is today. Um, when I started rhyming in yeshiva, you would have thought that I was trying to serve bacon cheeseburgers in the base medrash. Like people were <laughs> flipping out. Like this is a this is a trafe music. How could you bring this into a holy place? It's like shatnas that you're using Torah and hip hop at the same time. Now, like you go back to Osemech now, it's like there's MCs, there's DJs, there's break dancers. There's, I mean, you know, hip hop yeah. has, has made inroads into the Haredi world, into the Orthodox world in a big way. And you know what? I'm happy for that. It gives uh, more people more ways to expose. But it's funny though, because like, you know, in every, in every music scene, there's always that underground scene. And it seems like you and, and Kosha and, and Diwan and Zayn and all those guys were like the underground of the Jewish music scene, Geilu, you know? And oh, that's, yeah. that's pretty funny. But like, what was that like? What was that like, like repping the underground scene, basically? So that was kind of on purpose at the time, because back in them days, Matis Yahoo was the hot new thing on the, uh, on the charts. Right. And so you kind of had one of two options. You could either go commercial or go underground. Right. And, um, for me, that was a real like, tangible decision. J-Dub Records, who signed Matis Yahoo, um, offered to sign me back in the day. And I really? was like, no, I'm going to stay with... And I, uh, and I turned them down. And I was like, no, I'm going to stay with Shemspeed. Uh, and so I like decided to stay with the underground. Um, just because, uh, looking back on it, um, I don't know if I would have wanted celebrity reporters following me around during that time of my life. Um, I was going through a lot of stuff back then with the Velt and all of that, and I don't know if they, if um, if Entertainment Tonight needed to hear all the stuff that I had to say about my Rebbe that day. Mm. Um, so it's a kind of a good thing that I didn't get the platform that Matsis did. Um, but as far as the underground was concerned, it's not like we weren't packing bars and packing clubs and stuff like that. Um, we were, you know. Use just like you know, BB King, Webster Hall, stuff like that. Big venues, just we weren't dealing with labels. That's pretty cool. That's really cool. And it's funny though how you said like people back in the day were like hip hop and 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 Jew and 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 Jewish doesn't seem to to stem. You know, it doesn't seem to kind of go together. But it's it's like very. It's the opposite. Like there's everything in this world. Is it, you can find kedusha within it. Everything, there, everything that's brought in this world has a purpose to it, and you can find this. You can reach out and pull out the kedusha within it. So it's funny that like, and now all of a sudden, like you're, but you took your music, you took that platform, and you and you made it kosher. Like the the stuff you were rapping about, the stuff you're. I used to listen to your music, like legit. The stuff you were rapping about yeah. was was all was all. Torah in Yanim, all things from within Hasidus, from within within different parts of Torah. You know, it exactly. was kind of like it was kind of like what Matsyahu was doing, except I think your your stuff, like I, your your stuff, was a bit more real. You could feel it. You know, like I've been I've been also I went to Yeshiva for longer than Matsis, so like 
I'm like rhyming like stuff that like I learned in Rashi and Toastfest that day. You know what I mean? Like I was right. more yeshivish than he was. Right. But uh, but it's funny that you did you guys ever perform together? Yeah, um a few times. Uh there's a there's a there's a um video of me, him, and Idan Reichel on the stage together. Um there's uh of um where Matis is providing the freestyle, uh, is providing the beat, and it's like me, Nasin Zand, uh, uh, I think even D Scribe was there, Kosha, I think Kosha was there, just doing a, a freestyle cipher. Um, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> Back in cool. those days, I look at it like this like, you know, music goes with Yiddishkeit. Mm-hmm. Like, hip hop, jazz, rock, blues, whatever. Um, the Tehillim were written to music. Lamnateach is for a conductor. Al Hashmina is on for musical instruments. Al Ayelat Hashachar. These are written. These are songs. These were compositions. So, um, and you see Temani people still using music and learning. Um, so, there's nothing traif about a style of music that would make it impossible to be used for Kedusha. Right. Um, it's all about what you put into it. I tell people, like, there's nothing intrinsically kadosh about the... Uh, when you're listening to quote-unquote Hamish Nagunim, what you're listening to is the top 10 pop hits of 1804. Yep, um, yep, like, 100%. That's, that's all that that was. Um, but why, <laughs> why do we consider them so kadosh, kadosh, and oh, the Reb is Nagunim, this and that? Because they put the kadusha in it. So, too, right. that's what I'm trying to do with my lyrics, is put right. the kadusha into it. Right, it's funny because like you listen, you 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 listen to these Hasidic nigunim, and most of them are just your standard marches, their standard waltzes, your standard your standard classical music, and they and they were composed probably by people, by by secular composers. Who knows? And it's exactly what you, exactly the Rebbe puts the kedusha into the nigun. The person the person who's singing that song brings that puts that kedusha into the song. And, right. and brings out that that level of of, of of kadosh, and yeah, totally. Like that's why it's funny. Like people nowadays, like I said, people nowadays associate rap and hip hop with with nisim, and they don't realize that it, you know. And some people say like, oh, it's not, it's not real Jewish music. It's this. Like, the, but the question I ask, I always ask people on my show, and I've been doing this for a long time. I say, what is Jewish music? Like for real? Like what is Jewish music? And it's, you know what I mean. So who is it? The person who runs the American Jewish Music Archives uh, famously said in the 2000s that there's no such thing as Jewish music, that there's only music. There's A, B, C, D, E, F, G, shops and flats, and there's nothing that's intrinsically Jewish about it. Um, Makes sense. I'm kind of... I kind of tend to agree with that when it comes to music. Music is a blank canvas. You can put anything into music that you want to. Hip hop, for hip hop started in the late seventies at a back to school party in the Bronx. Hip hop was basically the voice of positivity for the hood for years until, of course, a, a, a aspiring um, an aspiring DJ named Dr. Dre would come up, and now we would have gangster rap. But um, before then, and on the East, didn't have such negative messages in hip-hop. So if somebody can make hip-hop traits, then somebody can make it kosher. Yeah. Like, 
if somebody took it down to the level that like Akon is singing, then somebody can bring it all the way back up. Nice. If that, you believe you can break, believe you can fix. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. That make that makes a lot of sense, and that's what I find very interesting about about Jewish music because you see nowadays, like within the Jewish music world, people are copying a lot from the secular side of things, and a lot of people get upset about it and things and you know, but if you look at it from the other perspective of there's no such thing as Jewish music, it's what you put into it. You add the kedusha to it, so yeah, you're yeah you may be ripping off of somebody else's like someone else's beat um but they had their kavanas when they're making that song and you have your kavanas when you're making that song exactly exactly and you know there's nothing intrinsically kadosh about violins or about trumpets or about little boys singing like the things that we are to- that we are- that we associate <laughs> with jewish music like right. there's nothing intrinsically kadosh about right like what, why is it Jewish? Because of the lyrics, because of the, the, the intents, the content, right. um, you know, the things that went into it. Right. And it, it's funny because it, in a lot of, a lot of Jewish music is, is that big band style, horns, tr- horns, saxophones, um, drums, r- guitar. It's, it's that big band style that was popular back in the, in the, in the forties and fifties. And you just got, and it's kind of, moved over and moved out and now we see a lot now it's funny the trend that i'm seeing a lot in jewish music is a lot of people are into like this indie rock like all these like indie bands you know like the zushas and the pumpadisas and like all this like indie stuff i mean like i used Mm -hmm. to listen to this kind of stuff back in the day on the the non-kosher side of things and it's just very funny um and then like djs and this you know it's like it's funny what the trends are in music and the fact that i do hear a lot of edm yes I, i hear a lot of edm influence today um and you know you talk about the indie rock uh basis you know like people was doing that indie rock thing 15 years ago people was doing right. that indie rock thing 20 years ago um right. jam bands are also like it's been around forever right. um people been doing that acoustic folk singer right. um thing forever um you know right exactly exactly man that's really funny um and it's but what i find still very funny is that like you you were kind of like you and your and your crew were like really the pioneers of this whole kind of situation like if as you like and and people don't realize it people probably don't realize it because people are probably like people here have described people know about schneider but people don't really you know people kind of i don't think i don't know how many people still know about you um and your music and like and all these other guys but like but it's funny because you were really like one of the pioneers. Yeah. I mean, now I'm really, really showing my age. I'm like, yeah, when I started doing this 20 years ago, um, <laughs> yeah, when I um, but yeah, 20 years ago, um, you know, as far as Jewish music to draw on, I think the only thing from the nineties was like black attitude. Yes. Um, there wasn't, there wasn't anybody who was like serious Jewish hip hop out there. Black attitude. It's funny that, because that he, was more of a parody. Yeah, than it's, anything. Fu- it's funny with black attitude. One of the guys was my mashkiach in yeshiva, and when he told me that, I was like, "Nah, bro, you're black guy." He's like, "Yeah, it was one of those guys." I was like, "What?" And it was fun. It was it was it was, it was hilarious because they were funny. They were like absolutely hilarious. 
And when I started coming out, I was like, why didn't they? When, I, when we started rhyming, I was like, why didn't they stick around? They could have done so much more. Like, they could have, they could have blew up. Right. Uh, well, you know, it is what it is. But it's funny, you know. And so what are you up to now? Like, what, are you still making music? You still making beats? So now, um, last year, with the, um, when all the anti-Semitic attacks started happening in New York, um, we started collecting for the first Jews, Jew, Jewish community center targeted towards Jews of color. Because when all those anti-Semitic attacks started happening, um, there were too many perpetrators who were people of color. And who gets caught in the middle when there's issues between uh, Jewish communities and communities of color is Jews of color. And people started asking, you know, Black Jews, which, which side are you on? Um, you know, who wears your loyalty at? Um, and when somebody's biracial, this, this fight can be happening at the dinner table. This fight could be happening in their own family. Um, so you had a lot of people feeling alienated and things like that. So we decided to start um, collecting for that Jewish community center, which has now turned into tribeherald.com, which is now the first site around Jews. Um, wow. And all of our friends allies, loved ones, and supporters. And if you don't fit into one of those four categories, then you're part of the problem. Um, so, oh. like, uh, we're the first um, site that's going to be focused, Jewish news and views and everything like that, but focusing on diversity. Jews of color are one out of every five Jews in America. Um, and that's one out of every five Jews who don't see themselves in media and who are only part of Jewish media as part of some human interest story or let's hear right. the story about how you converted and put it in Mishpacha magazine. That's um, actually funny. You said that because there was an article in Mishpacha magazine this week written by my friend's wife and I, that the late, and I actually went to high school with her before she was Jewish. Um, and, and it's really funny. I, right. I, I mean, not that this, that article loved it and put it on Facebook, but right. um, you know, that's where you hear about Jews yeah. of color is in context like that. Um, yeah, no, nobody for sure. talks about that there was an astronaut who was a Native American Jew, or nobody talks about like this woman on the Food Network who's an Asian Jew. Um, you know, people don't talk about that. People just want to hear about you know right. conversion stories and stuff like that. So we want to be the we want to be the site for rep for representing all the diversity of the Jewish community. That's pretty dope, man. That that's really Tribe that's really awesome. Com. That's really awesome. That's absolutely super cool. Um, so and, and you're so you're not really doing any music now, so to speak. You're just kind of focused on this project. So focused on this project, and this isn't just the site. We um, oh man, putting out videos, putting out uh, all types of things, but not so much music right now. I'll still perform at the occasional show. Like I just did a show at um this bar, Club Niagara, in the East Village a couple months ago. Um, so I'm still on stage every once in a while, but that's about it. Nice. Nice. So when you, you were writing... keep a microphone out my hand, but for so long. <laughs> that's what's up. No, so when you were writing your music, how did you, like, how did you come up with them? Because, like, your beats were also really good. Your lyrics were good because you're pulling it from, from your learning, but your beats were also good. So what, how did you, you like, how did you come up with these beats? Like, what's your inspiration for, for, the, for all that stuff? So I wasn't producing them. And for some of my bigger tracks, shout out to Prad Ezra for, um, for some of his talents making beats. Um, Diwan, uh, shout out to him for making beats. And um, the studio that we recorded at, Brewery Recording Studio, they also made beats. 
Um, so between Dewan getting me producers and Prad Ezra and getting beats from the studio, that's where it came from. Um, and we worked with producers, you know, as the years went on. Uh, it's not like these were, other than Prad Ezra, it's not like we were working with from producers. These were just beats that, you know, anybody would rap to. Uh, but, um, you know, th it would be me sitting in Dewan's apartment with like, a sitter or a Gamara or something like that. Um, my Sphera album, my acapella album, that came because literally we had uh, oh, a whole a bunch one. of beatboxes ready to go from Yuri Lane. And uh, Dewan basically locked me in a studio and was like, here, you're not leaving until all 10 of these tracks are written. That's um, great. Yeah. You know, the beats came from everywhere. That's great. So I, I remember, I, it's funny because I'm, Binyamin once pulled up a music video, um, an old music video to prove to me that he used, that, that he was in a music video one time and it was you and a bunch of other, other people. What was the story behind that video? Cause it looked pretty fun. It looked like it was pretty dope. I mean, it was a really fun music video, the video for Make It. Uh, that was with me and Describe and um, that video was filmed on a roof in Crown Heights. Um, what we tried to do was, uh, because we were in Crown Heights and uh, Describe was so Chabad, we didn't want it to be a Chabad music video. So we got the whole Breslov crew in, and then we uh, decided to have the whole Nanach crew. Um, and I was down with Breslov at the time, so it was like, oh, yeah, this is totally working. And so it was a little bit like a like an intra-Hasidist like intra battle video a little bit. Um, because you had Nanak dances and you had Chabad dances, um, but you know it was it was supposed to be just to um, to showcase all the different types of talent that people had. We had you know graffiti in the video, we had dances in the video, and things like that um, to show that it wasn't just all about MCs. That's pretty like, cool. You know, there's what's called the four elements of hip hop: DJ and MC and B, uh, dancing and graffiti. Um, b-boying and graffiti and so like we wanted to show all four of those elements in a video done by from people nice and i don't so, think i don't think anybody's really gotten done that ever that kind of stuff ever since like i don't think anybody's really in the jewish music world i don't think anybody's really touched on that kind of sound ever since y'all did it you know not that i can think not of really. i mean nisim could Nassim definitely could. He's got the skills for it. Um, yeah. So have you ever met Nissim? Like you said that he has the skills to do that kind of stuff. Have you ever met him? So he and I, we've met, we've met like uh, before, but just, you know, hi, how are you doing type of meeting? Shalom Aleichem. Um, last time I was in Israel and that was, uh, I guess, 2013 or so. Um, we were supposed to meet up then, I think it was. Um, but yeah, we, we've never really sat down and had a conversation interesting he he'd probably be interested in your in your in your in your um paper your your project it's oh, funny we've been we actually that was one of our first interviews we ran was an interview with Nisim. nice did you guys ever reach out to amari stoudemire i mean he's also another famous jew of color kilo so Nisim, this guy mordechai ben avram amari stoudemire and a few other people are they all hang out right and they all like they they're all this crew in in Jerusalem and I'm like all right 
I can see I need to get over to Jerusalem sometime soon because y'all are all hanging out. Y'all must have something going on. Uh, no, I haven't met him yet. Um, I've seen the pictures of him with Mordechai and Avram, but nope, I haven't met him yet. That's funny. Yeah, so it seems like there's there's a large um, amount of, of Jews of color. And I think that's really cool. I think that's like really, really cool. In and, 1990, the statistic was that 2.2% of Jews were black. And now it's one in five being ethnically diverse. What probably happened, that 2.2% had a lot of kids over the years. Um, and now it's one in five. So um, this Jew, the Jewish community is just going to keep looking more and more and more like the world as time goes on. Well, that's what I like. That's what like, I love about living in Israel is that like you see like there's, there's people, there's Jews who of all different shapes, sizes and colors and you know, they all, you know, no one, no one looks like Jew. You know what I mean? Like, you, you know what I mean? Like Jewish, you know, like, right. you know, like. Um, that's one of the goals I have with Tribe Herald. I want that Generation Z, the last generation to think that there's such a thing as looking. That Generation Alpha should be done with all of that. That it's like, oh, the guy with the with the dreadlocks down to his waist and the yarmulke on is Jewish because he's wearing a yarmulke. Obviously, like the uh, of there being a Jewish look, um, I want to see that go away with history. Yeah, that's pretty dope, man. I, I think I think this is a cool project, and I'm sure that if you ever get back into music, you might you could probably even put something together um, based upon this this concept and this project that you're working on because I think that would also be pretty cool to create some sort of musical musical accompaniment to this project. I'm sure you could pull some lyrics out somewhere. And I'm sure it's going to end up happening. I'm sure it will. Uh, as time goes on, uh, we have a lot that we're, I mean, we're putting together for women. We're putting together the games. We're, uh, we got apps coming out. We've got a line of clothes coming out in the fall. Um, yeah. Nice. We're just really trying to put, as much out there to get, you know, to amplify as much the voices of diversity in the Jewish community. That's really awesome. Where's the, where's this community center located? Where's this JCC located? So we, all right. So here's a story. Um, we, before the times of Corona in the, in the, in the days pre COVID, we were going to open up a space in Bushwick, uh, here in Brooklyn. And, um, we were in negotiations with the landlord. Um, it was a Hasidic landlord. And uh, when he found out about Tribe Herald and all the stuff that we wanted to do, he goes, why do you want a place in Bushwick? My kind of Jewish doesn't live in Bushwick. And I was like, just for saying that, you ex ex just perfectly illustrated the reason we got to have Tribe Herald. Like, you know, my kind of Jewish doesn't live in Bushwick. It's like, oh, Really? Okay. So there's a your kind of Jewish and a my kind of Jewish. And he's saying this in front of, into a table full of Jews of color. So I'm like, we're all looking at each other like, did that just happen? You know? Yep. Yep. <laughs> so but we're looking to open places like um, in Bushwick, Bedstuy, uh, places which are shtetl adjacent. Um, not in the Velt, but next to the Velt. Mm. So not in Crown Heights, but in Bedstuy. Not in Williamsburg, but in Bushwick. Hmm. Interesting. That's really cool. So you're trying to you're trying to kind of like keep it close, but but like 
not so not so you know what I mean I, I get what you're doing that's pretty cool well also because I mean if some not everybody who you know we're dealing with is from and a lot of people are off the derrick and stuff like that I wouldn't expect that you know a lot of people would just come to an event in Borough Park sight unseen um but if we're in Bed-Stuy and it's a 20-minute walk from 770, it's not in Crown Heights, so it's it's not in the shtetl, but, oh, okay, it's convenient for both from and, and uh, non-from people, so everybody right. can come together. Right. No, that's pretty cool. That's really, really cool. Well, you know, this was fun. I, I, I'm really happy you came on my show. I got to learn a lot about you. Thank you for having me. For sure. And I, I think it's really awesome. Like the, like I said, like you were like a pioneer in the underground Jewish music scene, which I don't know if it's still kind of, it, if it still exists, but if it did, I'm sure it's probably, it's probably cool. Um, does it still exist? Yeah. No, yeah, it does. It does. Um, I, I just shared a, a, a video that came my way on my wildlife uh, page on uh, Facebook. Yeah, it totally still exists. Back in the day, there used to be a crew, um, Corner Prophets, Navi and Bapina, in uh, Yerushalayim. That was the Yerushalayim underground hip-hop scene. I don't know if they're still around, but I'm sure that there's still a Yerushalayim uh, hip-hop crew. And, um, you know, there's still people out there doing it. That's awesome. That's Which really yeshiva awesome. they're at? I don't. I'm not quite sure about that these days, but I know that there's somebody in a base medrash somewhere freestyling right now. <laughs> That's awesome. That's really awesome. Ah oh, man. Well, cool. Thank you so much for coming on. Like I said, and sharing your your story with us, sharing about your music, and also everything that in between. Um, and I really like this new project. I think it's really cool for anybody who's interested. I'm sure you can, um, to take a look at it, you can visit, tri- what's the website? Tribe, Tribe, tribeherald.com. Tribeherald.com. All right, cool. Um, cool, cool. Um, All right. I think that's, I think that's really awesome. So like I said, Thank thanks so again. much it's for joining us. And I look forward to hearing more cool things about Tribe Herald. You've just listened to videos. another wonderful episode of Go Simple the Podcast. For more news, updates, and information on our next episode, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram at GoSimcha.live, and don't forget to check out the show notes and videos on www.gosimcha.com along with zeradio.com. Thanks for listening, and remember, Go Simcha!